Come with me. We're going to Silicon Valley. It was 2008, and steampunk was just starting up. Up a ladder that would lead to pretty dizzying heights, honestly. And like all fandoms over the past hundred years, the path was very typical. It started with the literature. Steampunk goes back as a name until the late 1980s when K.W. Jeter coined the phrase in a letter to Locus. But he, Blaylock, Tim Powers, Michael Moorcock, others have been writing what he referred to as gonzo historical fiction, such a great name, for decades. Not to mention that the aesthetic that they were referring to often in their books dates back to Verne and Wells, Poe even. But steampunk fandom then went through the publishing phase, the phase where pro and semi-pro magazines popped up, things like Steampunk Magazine, for example. This was followed by fanzines such as my own exhibition hall. Oh, and of course, direct personal communications. In science fiction fandom, of course, it was letters back and forth followed by APA's amateur press associations where people would trade their zines and it became a sort of a gathering place. In the 21st century, of course, that had been replaced by message boards and so forth. But inevitably, these methods of communication all lead to one thing, conventions. And while there had been conventions founded as other things like SalonCon, Steam-powered, the California Steampunk Convention, was the first dedicated steampunk convention to take place that was planned originally as a steampunk convention. Arguably, it's the first to call itself a steampunk convention. And I was there, dude, at the Domain Hotel in Sunnyvale. And I was so excited. There had been an article in Wired hyping the event, and it even mentioned my name. And the Computer History Museum, too. There was a huge, just, slathering of great people invited. And the first event, the first panel that I was on, featured me, the amazing writer, J. Daniel Sawyer, and steampunk scholar, the phenomenal Canadian Mike Pershon, who will forever have a place in my heart. The man is... If there's one person who understands the world of steampunk literature better than Mike, I don't know who it is. But at that point, we were all sort of new to this. I was coming at it from two, two sides. One, I'm a curator at the Computer History Museum, and we had a full-scale Babbage engine working at that point. But two, I was even then a fairly well-known science fiction fan who had been around the world experiencing... Fandom. And of course, I, you know, love the stuff. The genre is one of my favorites. But there were incredible people there. There were people there who weren't yet huge names, but were going down that path. Gail Carriger. The first person I saw when I entered was Gail. And I've been lucky enough to get to be her friend for nearly 10 years now. Jeez. She's amazing and has helped define what I consider to be the peak period of steampunk, 2010 to about 2013, was largely defined by her books, her Sherry Priest, steampunk magazine, the plethora of conventions that happened. There was the wonderful concert. I say wonderful because the show was really good. 
I'm not a huge Abney Park fan, but they put on a hell of a show. And it was at the Civic Auditorium in downtown San Jose, so everyone had to hop on a bus. Although I seem to remember driving and getting to watch Phil Folio and Kaya Folio dancing uh, to pirate songs from <laughs> performed by Abney Park. Amazing. Phenomenal. Great. Just an absolute pleasure. And I understand for the folks who worked the convention, including my now wife, it was hellish. There, of course, was the chair who, while either incompetent or evil, it's hard to tell, ended up owing a lot of money to a lot of people, including me. I had won a writing contest for this little insignificant piece of fiction I had written a couple of years before, so I just sent it off. Never saw a penny from the, I think it was $200 if I want it. It happens. But at that point, it seemed like steampunk was going to take over the world. Steampunk was going to be the biggest thing there is. And it, for a while, was. When you had so much energy, and walking into the domain on Saturday in particular, there was just an absolute buzz. Uh, La Légion Fantastique was everywhere. There were costumes, incredible costumes. There was the woman with the teacup hat, the hat that or the teapot hat, the hat that would open up and actually pour tea. There were just everywhere, there was something of not only visual interest, because visually it was stunning, and they had this uh, coffee house type thing in the middle of the lobby of the hotel. Amazing. But when you looked everywhere, there was someone being that new person at every convention. And I say this is the greatest thing that fandom has ever managed with fan conventions. That moment when someone who has never been before realizes that they are not alone. That these are their people. But here you weren't seeing that just one or two or three people. It was everyone. We were all being dipped in fandom and getting that realization. And it was mind-blowing. Absolutely incredible. I consider this to be one of the greatest conventions in Bay Area history of all the ones I've been to. Was it as earth-shattering as the 1968 Worldcon in Berkeley? Not really. But it helped set up the table for a run of cons really around the world that just changed everything. The argument that steampunk was just a flash in the pan, I don't think quite pans out. The steampunk convention has seen, as many conventions of the literary bent today have, its ups and downs, and it's sort of in a slack period, but there's still some very strong, very smart conventions around. Here in Northern California, of course, we have Clockwork Alchemy, which is... I have never managed to go to, but I wholeheartedly support. The folks who are doing it are great. And I hear nothing but good things about the con. But Steam Powered was an eye-opening event that I can't think of anything that compares to it that I've managed to make it to. It changed everything. It really did. I have so many folks I can, I can point to at the con who I met. Uh, my favorite moment, though, was in that 
coffee or tea house. I don't know what it was officially. It was beautiful. In the middle of the room of the lobby. I was walking around and I looked to my right just through the door and I can see sitting in a chair, James Blaylock. If you don't know who James Blaylock is, turn off this podcast and go read Lord Kelvin's Machine, The Digging Leviathan, The Last Coin, any of his books, really. He is a phenomenal writer. And one of the big three who were mentioned in that initial letter by K.W. Jeter to Locus. I had never met him, but I was so glad to actually just get to see him and then went up and talked to him for a minute, shook his hand. I might have even gotten his autograph. I don't get autographs, typically, except on yearbooks. But I was so excited. And I was lucky enough the following year to get to be the fan guest of honor at a convention where he was the author guest of honor. Spent a lot of time chatting with him. But that moment for me, actually getting to shake the hand of one of the three founders of what steampunk was to me, because steampunk means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But to me, it means that gonzo historical fiction that K.W. Jeter was writing about. That, for me, was an amazing moment. Steam Powered was a great con, and I highly, highly, highly regard it in my history of con going, which is hundreds of cons by now. But more importantly, you can see the ripples throughout the history of Bay Area fandom.